Hi, welcome to Race House with me, Joe Lee. And me, Darren Reeves. It's the Austin United States Grand Prix 2023 review. It's a mouthful. I keep calling it the Austin Grand Prix, but it's not. It's the United nope. States Grand Prix. Correct. But I think that should change because we've got plenty of US races. And this one um, has been the one on the calendar for quite a while. And it was a sprint race. Big weekend. We had lots of stuff going on. We had practice. We had qualifying. We had sprint qualifying. We had sprint. We had the race. I mean, it's been crazy. We've had the return of people. We've had the uh, DNFs of uh, people. It was kind of everywhere, but a really solid race by Max. Great strategy. And uh, a really good race by Lewis, I thought, as well. Um, but things changed at the end. Let, let's talk about Max. I mean, look, he doesn't need to to win, really. He's already won the championship, but it's that fighting spirit he has. He's a born racer. And some of the moves he was making on the Ferraris and the McLarens, um, the strategy was fantastic. He cruised to an amazing win. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Max is a very mature driver now, you know, starting sixth on the grid for the race, having won the sprint the day before, which I have to say was one of the least interesting sprints uh, so far, just as I'm warming towards sprint. Yeah, oh. totally boring. I'm just warming towards the idea of sprint weekends, having had Qatar, and I was just like, oh, no. I did, I and I said good. to you in the preview, I said, oh, no, sprints are great. Oh, yep. it's great. We get another race. And I watched it. I was like, oh, my God, this is so bad. It, it, it was just a procession. Nobody was taking any risks because there's no pit stops. You know, we can talk about the different things we can do. But Max drove the perfect sprint race from pole position. And I thought he drove the perfect race from sixth position on the grid. He took his time. And, you know, he waited for the opportunities. He knew his car would be there better than others. And he just picked everybody off one by one and finally picking Lando off. Lando had a seven second lead before that first round of pit stops. And I was like, come on, you know, you know, and at one point you just think, OK, could this be Lando's day? But and, and with Verstappen starting back in sixth with that first corner, you just think somebody's going to knock him. But no, it wasn't Max that got knocked. Sadly, it was um, Piastri, who had a great Qatar weekend. And this weekend's a bit of a shame for him. But uh, and, and then Verstappen just came good in the first pit stops. Great strategy going two lots of mediums, whereas everybody else went two lots of hards. And um, he just took he just picked everyone off, picked Lando off. But then after yeah. the last set of pit stops, that's when Lewis came good. And we thought, do you know what? This is fantastic. You know, to have two Brits on the, the old Lewis. It was the old it's Lewis. The, it was the old Lewis. And had he had another two laps, you know, he, he, he whittled that. What did he have? Six seconds with six laps to go with Max once he got past Lando and he got it down to 1.8 seconds. And with that long straight back straight with the DRS in it, I just thought, do you know what? He only needed two more laps and he'd have got him. So Max nursed some dodgy brakes, a brake issue, but he just drove sensibly. But, Lewis, how do you feel? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it was first, it was great to see him on the podium. Great drive. It was the old Lewis. It's like, yes, there's a bit of that Lewis Max because he hasn't been anywhere near Max nowhere <laughs> all season. It's no. like, well, where's he gone? Um, the Max has been out on his own. So, um, yeah, it shows the divide between those two and the other cars. But, uh, yeah, and then we found out after race that the 
um, that both Lewis and Charles Leclerc were disqualified um, because their plank underneath the car had degraded too much. Um, and as I understand it, the plank is there to basically make sure that the car isn't riding too low to the ground. So it's basically to ensure that teams don't cheat and, you know, and have crazy too much downforce or the you know getting too much of an advantage so having this plank um is a measure of that and the fia will check that after each race and if the plank is worn down too much then no you're disqualified if you run out of fuel as well it happened to vettel didn't it um that's right uh, yeah you're disqualified um it, it's all these things which we keep talking about there are four different races in your head going on at the same time the track didn't help I mean, I don't know if you saw it. There's a lot of bumps going on, even in that first corner. I mean, yeah. they need to level that thing out. They were rattling around the place. It was like my mum and her old Ford Orion doing the school run back <laughs> in the 90s. It reminded me of that kind of rally. It was kind of a rally sometimes. Um, but, yeah, so it's a shame. So the result was Lewis and Charlotte were disqualified, not docked points, but disqualified. Um all that effort for nothing um and it meant that everyone got bumped up the the table so we had lando um then uh, jumped on the second but we also then had on the other uh, scale uh, the williams guys who were um 11th and 12th respectively uh, it was albon then sergeant they got bumped up too so double points for williams i mean it's not the way that you want to get your points um and for signs it wasn't the way he'd probably want to get his third place um but points are points and i'm sure they're all very happy with that well mate i've got to say having been in the karting world this year and learned that rules are rules okay they're the same for everybody and they must be adhered to by the teams by the drivers and by the stewards and um you know lucas has benefited from following the rules and uh and others have got to learn them. And this is a great example. The reason why Red Bull have done so well this season is they've they've got this ground effects ride height absolutely perfect this season. And with the street racing of Monaco, where Alonso could have won, and Singapore, where Science did win, it was because they couldn't lower the ride height. And, we, and I think that's why everybody was a bit closer to Red Bull this weekend, because Red Bull played it really safe with the ride height. Clearly, Ferrari and Mercedes didn't. They absolutely put it right to the limit. And obviously, Hamilton and Leclerc's car overstepped the limit. So I'm surprised that Sainz and Russell weren't as well. I was well. about to say, Sainz yeah. and Russell, they were okay. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, but we don't know how close they were. So apparently it's 10% where that you're allowed. So they'll measure it right. before the race or whatever the rules are. And then they measure them all at the end. And clearly they'd worn away. But it's because of this, like you've said, the bumping of the track. But apparently this track is really prone to lots of land movement. Apparently it's clay that absorbs lots of water, but has lots of heat as well. So there's lots and lots of changes to it. Um, extremes. And uh, apparently that affects how the lie of the land chain, you know, works. Mm. Um, so apparently, and that's that's what they're putting it down to. But ultimately, Red Bull got it right again, didn't they? And to be fair to Perez, fourth he did well. after the disqualifications, yeah. that's a great result for Perez as well. So from a Red Bull perspective, they they raised the ride height, played it safe. They had some brake issues. They dealt with those well. I think they had a fantastic weekend this weekend. Um, and I, I'm just so frustrated for 
for, for, for Lewis when he's had his best weekend of the whole season and then it, it it's undone by a technical infringement that nobody would have known about until after the race uh but clearly that they, they, they put they just push that right height too close to the tolerance line but uh but mate yeah. let, let, you know i just want to say as well that you touched on williams logan sergeant his first points in formula 1 do you know what everybody likes logan but he's just had no luck at all go his way until this race so well done, and Logan. Yeah, well done, Logan. Mm. Yeah, no, no, definitely. He's, he's done proud. Um, and also, I, do, I was going to jump in and just say that it's also yeah. the first uh, points for an American driver for 30 years since oh. who? Well, I'm going to say Michael Andretti. Yes. Come on. Flavor of the mark. Yes, <laughs> flavor of the year. Andretti is all over the place. Uh, yeah. And I think he uh, managed to get four points or something. or three. He points. had a very um, poor season or half a season for McLaren. That's what I can remember. Early 90s, maybe mid 90s. Yeah. 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 Um, but but uh, uh, yeah, he got, he got some points 30 years ago. So that's the last time. And Andretti have said with the new team he wants to create, he wants at least one American driver. So, Logan, you never know. Yeah, well, do you know what? He over a season, luck sort of balances itself out. You know, good, bad, and the ugly. And uh, well done. I'm I'm really pleased for him. I'm pleased for Williams. And uh, you know, it just really pleased for Yuki Sonoda as well. Oh, and why is that? Well, Yuki, what did he have? Three points uh, all season, and with the pressures of Liam Lawson and Daniel Ricciardo in the team, both of them you know, trying to beat Yuki. Yuki came in with an eighth place, five points, well, four points plus fastest lap. Yuki got fastest lap on the last lap. I don't know how he did it because it wasn't like he pit, he pitted or anything at the end. I couldn't couldn't work have done that out for the rest of the race? Couldn't he have well, done that earlier? <laughs> how did it happen? It can only be related to fuel and he'd looked after his tyres. But five points for Yuki. So, you know, up to eight points now. Well done, Yuki. But, well done, Yuki. And also to see the difference between him and his teammate who has returned. Yeah. That's right. Daniel Ricciardo has returned. This was the first race that he's uh, been in since, uh, what was it? Holland. Singapore? Well, he, so he, 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 he injured himself in Zandvoort, which is when they came Zandvoort. back after the summer break, uh, qualifying. So his previous race would have been Spa just before the break. Long time ago, it feels like it is, a long yeah. time ago. We've done yeah. plenty of podcasts since then. Um, yeah, well, he returned and it wasn't really his weekend at all. I mean, he was stone last after the, uh, the DNFs. Uh, not really the comeback he would have wanted. Um, it's nice to see him back in the paddock, but oof, yeah, that's gonna be a bit. Yeah, and, and they're I'm... saying that he might be a new Max uh companion. I'd, I'd come on, I don't know. This could uh -uh. be his last season. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not seeing it. I'm just looking at how far behind he was, but it, it just marked as he was lapped. He was lapped. Uh, lap. yeah, plus yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't even tell me. No, I. I think that's a poor return for Ricardo. I'm disappointed because I love him. I think he's brilliant for the sport. He's a brilliant energy to have in the pit lane. Great guy. And 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 we want characters in Formula One, and we are deprived of characters, you know, rock stars and gladiators and all this stuff a little bit because of money really, you know? So I think character needs to shine through and he, he's just got an infectious smile that makes everybody happier. So be a great um, come ambassador. On. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Daniel, you know, you've got, you've got to do it or let Liam Lawson in that car, but 
that you know don't waste these opportunities but maybe you know we just don't know do we maybe he's slightly unfit maybe he's unmatched fit maybe his hands haven't quite but last when Yuki got eighth, that's the telling bit for me. If Yuki was with him as well at the back, we'd just say it was the slowest car. But no. No, I think Yuki also had a bit of a rock up the bum. He's like, oh, Daniel's back. I need to make sure I get some points here. Um, and he did. So yeah. Yuki stayed in the safe zone, I'd say. Daniel Ricciardo did say as well, because people were saying about Liam Lawson, and he said, look, you did a fantastic job. Very thankful, but, you know, He's still a rookie. He's still got many years of learning to do. So, um, you know, he'll have his time. But I think that was a bit of a defensive stance there because actually, if I was in charge of the team, I'd, I'd have Liam. Um, yeah. But then you're going to get this absurd situation where Daniel Ricciardo is just paid to do nothing. Uh, yep. You know, like it's paid millions to sit around on the sidelines and watch it on TV. Um, it's a very strange position. I, I guess he's, he's there next year, Daniel and Yuki, the lineup. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting one. Um, also interesting is to see, I mean, we've had the whole thing about track limits um, this year, which has been a real bone of contention. And again, the racers have got to really make sure they're on the track, especially if they're overtaken, they have to give a place back. Um, and they can be, uh, they can have their laps deleted during qualification as well, which we saw with Leclerc. He benefited from that um, when Max uh, had his deleted. Um, but what was the saga with the white lines this weekend? <laughs> well, you know, I've said it already in this podcast. Rules are rules. We all know what they are at the start. But I think in today's world of technology, a little bit like VAR in football, we can monitor things so much better than we could in years gone by, decades gone by. These track limits, the, the rules are stay in the white lines and race. If Simple. you don't stay in the right lines, white, li right lines? white lines, then you will have your lap deleted. And if you pass somebody and take an unfair advantage, give it back or take a penalty. It's the same for everybody. So why are we moaning when the rules are adhered to and the stewards do their job? I think, I think it's a good thing. It's just frustrating that when you're watching it, you, you just want to see them go for it. But the problem is, is in tra old tracks, we had gravel traps and bits of grass. And if you touched the gravel or the grass, you were out. The problem is now we've got such big runoff areas, which is a safety thing. It's a good thing. We've got tech pro barriers. The fear for the driver, they've got to look at it and go, do you know what? If I just get past this guy and then take a five-second penalty at the end of the race, well, I've just got to get five seconds in front of him and then it's all worked out. So the penalties are not big enough really for me um and we as, as as spectators it's frustrated when it happens to your drivers but you know when it happens to max and gets a five second penalty we're all cheering well most most of us apart from our friends over in holland of course but uh you know these are the rules we know what they are stop moaning let's uh yeah. but 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 i've got a problem with changing the rules halfway through a weekend so teams they they plan their strategies you know, for weeks and weeks, months and months ahead, you know, they're looking at what's going on. And as the season unfolds and different cars evolve differently, you know, so they will have been looking at the strategies for the US Grand Prix and for Qatar last week. Uh, but they changed, they've changed the rules halfway through the weekend. Oh, well, we've got too many track limits. So let's make the line twice as thick. So Max, had, had that line been made thick on Friday morning before qualifying, 
Max would have been on pole position for the race. Mm. But it wasn't. So he was had his lap deleted and therefore started sixth. But then the next day they've thickened it up. You know, what are we doing here? Are we changing the rules because, you know, f f to yeah. advantage certain people here? You know, I, I don't think that's right. Change it next year. You know, learn from the weekend, but don't change it during a weekend and, the, and and at qatar they changed the rules as well um halfway through by changing the tire strategies because of these mm. um sort of jagged curbs so suddenly everybody had to do three a three stop strategy but they've been planning these for weeks and months beforehand change it next year let everybody sort it out for themselves. Tell them that the tire life is only 18 laps, but don't change the limiting rules, you know, halfway mm. through a weekend. So uh, so there we are, mate. That's my little uh, high horse moment of, yeah. Stuart, do your job. We all know the rules. Don't change the rules halfway through a weekend. I agree. I agree with that. It's jumpers for goalposts. It's kind of, you can't really do that because... You're right. So much strategy, so much thinking, so much analysis is done. You know, we, we think they just jump in the car and, and off they go. Go. You know, it's not. It, it, you have to really look at so many variables for every track, and each track has their own characteristics. Um, it has its own weather. It has, um, you know, its own strategy itself. So to to suddenly say, oh no, you can't do that, and oh no, that's that now. I mean, like it's confusing. So yeah. the drivers are out there to race, but they've got all this other stuff they've got to think about. And then look what happened with Lewis. I mean, again, the plank thing. How could he have known that happened? Yes, no. maybe they had a low ride height, but it didn't happen to Signs and Russell. So that's right. A strange, it, strange. One. Well, I think it's down to maybe the lines they were taking. It's quite, you know, every driver will take a slightly different line at times, and he just clearly took a bumpier line, even maybe just in two or three laps more than Russell. And that was the difference between it. And I'm sure it was probably when the car's a bit heavier as well with fuel, it makes a difference. But the rules are 10% wear. Anything over 10%, you're disqualified. They need to allow for it. Well, there were 18 cars out there that did allow for it and didn't get disqualified. Mm. So, yeah, they, um, you know, it's got to be fair. It makes it fair for everyone. It's just frustrating when it's your driver that gets disqualified. Yeah, and it has to be fair, all the teams are fighting. I mean, one team that was fighting as well this weekend was McLaren. Um, mixed, really, results for them. Lando, obviously, uh, I mean, great race. I mean, he could have actually won that race, I think. Um, yes. It, certainly he could have. Um, there were some great moments there. You know, again, Red Bull was just so good with their strategy. They had a faster car at the end of the day. But... Uh, Piastri, unfortunately, uh, I think I missed it. Did he, he collided, didn't he? And then he had so, to kind of like. So on turn two, so they came out of that hairpin at turn one and then basically hit Ocon came across and, and clipped the side pod. Uh, so, but basically Piastri's rear tires, I think caught Ocon's side pod and Ocon's front tires caught Piastri's side pod, which led to overheating of the engine mm. so it's amazing again the different just slight changes you look at it and you think my god how can that possibly mean a retirement when you just see a little bit of damage on the side pod but but of course it's aerodynamics and it's you know the engine is running hot the the air is running fast so many different variables that it that's how on the edge they are so sadly mm. Ocon retired first and then Piastri had to retire after for what was just an innocuous tap really but at high speed yeah, it's it's weird because you think if that happened in your car, 
on the street, well, you can keep going. What's it got to do with the engine? But it's it's not yeah. like that. That these cars, even though carbon fiber is very strong, um, at those speeds and crashing it's another car at 200 miles an hour, uh, you know, things are going to break off and it completely affects the performance of the car. Um, so that's why you see front wings having to be replaced. Um, but yeah, to have to retire the car is really the, the driver's worst nightmare. Well, maybe not the worst nightmare. Maybe the worst nightmare is having an amazing race and then getting disqualified for something out of your control. Um, yeah. That's probably worse. Um, yeah, but overall, it was amazing. You know, I thought it was a really good race. Um, I thought the, um, the the weather was fantastic. The place looked amazing, as predicted. Hundreds of thousands of people. Um, I know there were plenty of stars there as well. You had uh, Rory McIlroy uh, yep. was there, who's uh, now part part owner of um, uh, Alpine, and Anthony Joshua was there as well. Um, you could tell they're quite new to the sport because you know they haven't quite got the knowledge there there was a bit of like, well, this is like huge yeah. scale and these guys are used to big spectacles. Um, so I think they're going to be learning a lot more. I know Ocon said that he'd been texting Ryan Reynolds as well, um, who I didn't see. Um, at no, the, the he, track. he didn't um, seem to be there. It's probably in Wrexham. It's in Wrexham, yeah, <laughs> down the turf. Yeah, uh, which is great, by the way. I've been, so you should go and check it out. It's quite fun. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, there's a new era, this sort of the celebrity kind of era creeping in more and more. Now they're owners, you know. I mean, Tom Cruise might come and take a stake of somewhere, you know, Mercedes or something. I don't know. Um, this could be the new frontier, the new celebrity football team. Um, so we'll see. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with Alpine next year and how all these, these people are going to be um, promoting and, and essentially ambassadors, I think. They're going to be ambassadors of, of, of Alpine and, and spread the word. Um, and there were after-show concerts, including uh, your, your bosses, Queen. Yes, uh, yes. They played, and uh, I heard they absolutely raised the roof, brought the place down, as usual. Well, they always—they always do. Absolutely, like everybody knows a bit of Queen, and uh, you know it's just part of our DNA, really. For we are the champions, and we will rock you, and all these songs. So yeah, they played Saturday night uh, at the circuit. So uh, I had some friends that went along to that and had a great time. So uh, good on them. I say a little bit of jealousy crept in for me having them there and the Formula One world, and and I'm at home watching on the TV. But uh, at the at the end of the day, you get you know you get such a fantastic experience of watching these things on television. You know, you know more about the race oh, yeah. from watching it on the television than you so do close. in in the stands. You know, uh, yeah. but it's just a different experience. And uh, I, I I've got to say, Cota is becoming one of my favourite circuits on the calendar. You know, it doesn't have the history, but there's something brilliant about those turns two, three, four, five. That's like maggots and beckets at silverstone you've got the hairpin and then into the really long straight with drs with a great overtaking opportunity into that final section with that really high tall tower where they did the uh mm. national anthem from uh i thought that was a great version with uh, acoustic guitar and vocal as opposed to yeah, what we good. had as opposed to what we had in silverstone this year with uh, damien lewis doing i it think that's part of the film i think it, it must be part of the movie i hope hey, it's part of the movie come on, Otherwise... come on. We're, we're dealing with the top end of world sport technology quality you and i as musicians and entertainers that was not top quality joe and honestly i was ex you know i was shocked come on it's got to be better i'm than sure that. that's a comedy moment in the film uh i'm, I'm sure 
Well, like, but, we'll um, find out, won't we? We'll find out when Brad Pitt yeah. finally gets to release it. Uh, one thing I did notice on the on the uh, the grid, though, that dueling pianos on the track. Right. So you and I need to discuss this. So dueling pianos on the track for the um, you know, before the race, playing right Amazing. at the front. I'm surprised they didn't do the national anthem, but they they were doing. Uh, uh, they were singing Johnson. "Don't Stop Believing." They were doing "Benny and the Jets," and they were all dressed up. Joe, come on. We need to be doing this. <laughs> we need to be doing this. I, yeah, I didn't I expect. Did I was, I was, I was crazy. I mean, they weren't branded. They could have branded them, I think. But um, and I've got a sneaking suspicion they're probably from Pete's, um, the Pete's the Julian Pianos Bar in Austin, Texas, um, where we got inspiration. Well, Holland had inspiration uh, to start Julian Pianos in Holland, and then I went over there, played there in that format, and then brought it to the UK. And then a few others brought their format too. So Julian pianos, uh, two pianos side by side, drums in the middle, make your request. Um, and uh, we've got some more gigs lined up soon. So yeah, party pianos. There you go. There's oh. a plug. Uh, my, my turn for a plug. There you go. There it um, is, mate. And, and not being funny, Joe, with Vegas coming up, you know, we've got the dueling pianos bar in the New York, New York um, hotel in, in Vegas. Well, Vegas, yeah, and the Paris Hotel as well. So, um, um, and my buddy Kyle Martin, who does his uh, Billy Joel show out there, called the Piano Man. So, uh, there's another plug for him. Uh, you know, they 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 need to be having this on every race, Joe. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It fits <laughs> everywhere. Well, well, we'll see about Abu Dhabi. Let's see if they would have put Julian pianos on the track there. Um, we have the pianos in Abu Dhabi, so that could work. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's a great thing. You know, you and I work in music and events, and these are the biggest events, really. In the you think about Glastonbury, okay? Glastonbury has what a couple of hundred thousand people. I don't know the exact thing. Maybe a quarter of a million people. This circuit has four hundred and fifty thousand people. Uh, Silverstone is about the same. Yes. It, it, this is happening every year. 23 24 times a year this yes. is the scale of this and if you haven't been to an f1 um circuit to, to kind of experience it please go to one or plan the next one that's near you because it is such an amazing atmosphere to go to feel it it's like going to a world cup or something it's a carnival atmosphere some of them um you have camping as well so you go into the night you know went into the night with local bands and food and drink and everything and um, it's it's a really great thing it's a family affair it you know it's all that as well as the racing but meeting people talking having gentle banter between teams you know it's all part of it um so yeah we look forward to uh, going to our next race um cool. and also uh you know commenting on the next races do we have any shout outs darren well today i don't I, you know i don't think i've got any shout outs i've mentioned my mate kyle in vegas you know we've mentioned queen uh but i just I, I just think that um, I was going to say something now, and it's completely gone from me uh, about 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 it. But um, no, I think the only thing we haven't mentioned, Joe, is Aston Martin, and I think we've got to actually well, do a shout out for Lance Stroll getting seventh place. No, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> it's terrible. No, boo. Yeah, I Lance know. Stroll, I wrote it down. Lance Stroll has got a seventh place. He's got a points finish. Alonso didn't finish. He's um I can't remember the reason now why he had to retire. But um they have fallen off a cliff from the first half of this season. It's been a it, I, in its purely development, 
But what I did, what I did notice was they bought some upgrades, and Alonso ditched them for the Sunday race, and his car was much better. So you know, upgrades are meant to improve things, but because they can't test anything, and especially where we only had FP one this weekend, straight into qualifying, straight into sprint shootouts, you know, you're just constantly competing rather than practicing, testing, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. I think it's really hard for the development of these teams to know when something's going to work and when it isn't. And we've seen this weekend, you know, Stroll just drove his car well for the first time in a long, long time. Alonso, unlucky with a DNF and failure. Alonso's always going to drive well. But I think we have to give give Stroll his due. He did well this weekend. and. They need two cars finishing in the points consistently, any team, to do well in the constructors. And that's what Alonso, we're seeing from... Yeah, no, you're right. Alonso's got so many points now. What is he, fourth, fifth in the championship? Something like that? Maybe he's, 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 he's just been over... He's fourth in the championship. Um, but I think, you know, Lando Norris is now only... Lando's going to take... 20, 24 points behind him. This is the you thing. Know? If Aston are not going to perform, Lando is going to get up there. He could even, I don't know if, how the maths works, but he could, with more second places, more podiums, he mm. could maybe get up to certainly fourth, he's, I think. He's, he's 42 points behind Lewis, but I think the Mercedes and Ferrari have got enough to see them through. But, you know, Aston Martin are just falling backwards so much. But it might be because they, mm. well, no, they bought upgrades this weekend. So clearly they're still looking at this year. You know, there's a big difference between finishing. Well, the, we've already discussed the money is the constructors championship. It is a team event, you know, mm. uh, even though we follow the drivers. Uh, but they're, yeah, they're struggling and they just need to get to the end of the season and know where they stand, I suppose. But it's still an improvement on last year. Well done, Lance. Go on. I said it. <laughs> ah, there it is. There it is. Oh, it's amazing. Well, uh, we will be back on that bombshell to steal from uh, Clarkson. And um, uh, next time on Race House, we do the Mexican Grand Prix preview. Um, Sergio Perez, it's his home race. Rumors that he may announce his retirement or his retirement from Red Bull. So I don't know what happened he's second in the championship give the guy a break yeah. come on um but we we will chat about that when we know a bit more we'll get off the heat of sizzling join us then for race house with me Jolie, and me darren reeves